Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets tension tales. You are currently listening to the 38 part series entitled God, Me, and the Dissertation. My aim in this series is to provide tips, encouragement, and some personal experiences I went through working on my dissertation to help listeners press forward in their academic goals. For those who've been listening to this series, you know that I am not speaking exclusively to people working on a dissertation, but I am addressing the importance of going on with completing your God-honoring goals despite who tries to stop you or in any circumstance trying to halt you. And I encourage those who haven't already to listen to parts 1 through 32 as I target in on the motivational aim, Tension Tales. I want to go ahead and provide some definitions for the words tension and tales. I'm aware that several people know the meaning of each word, but to keep in line with the context of the motivational aim, I'm going to share those definitions. Tension is defined as mental or emotional strain, intense, suppressed suspense, anxiety, or excitement. Another definition is the state of being stretched or strained. And tail, T-E-L-L, that definition is to give or make known by speech or writing, to communicate, or to utter the truth or lie. It's also defined as to plainly or positively inform a person of something. I believe most people have experienced tension in life. They were going through something that resulted in a mental or emotional strain. The matter was intense and whether they dealt with the issue alone or not, the uncertainty of an outcome created suspense, anxiety, or even excitement, whether it was positive or negative. Additionally, I believe people tell people things. Somebody could tell somebody about the tension they've experienced or somebody tells somebody something that indicates that they are going through a tension-filled scenario. Now that we have those definitions and we have an understanding of tension and telling or tales, I want to provide an example in the Bible of someone's tension telling on them and then give you all a story from my dissertation season. The story in the Bible can be found in Judges, the 16th chapter, for those who want to read it on their own. But I will provide a snapshot of what took place. Samson was a judge. He was a warrior, and he was a follower of God. Samson was set apart since birth. And as I'm thinking about it, there were several tension tale moments in Samson's life that I could address, but I'm just going to focus on one. As I said, Samson was set apart by God. He was a leader. He was a judge. He was a warrior. And he was known for his supernatural strength. The Lord anointed him. 
and he was told or his parents were told not to cut his hair. Okay. Now, anytime the enemy tried to overpower Samson, he would beat people up. He would snap them in two. It happened time and time again. Samson put people to shame. And when he put people to shame, people, his enemies, did not like that. People were tired of him defeating them. So they devised a plot to kill him. Spies were sent out to just watch his every move. And the enemy knew they couldn't just run up on Samson directly because they knew he would beat them up. And they were trying to figure out what makes this man so strong. What is this strength he has? What is his weakness? And for somebody to say that about someone, that means the external appearance of them doesn't match up with what they are doing. So it creates curiosity. Because if someone saw a man who was big, tall, muscular, they looked like they could defeat 50 people at a time, they wouldn't question, man, where's his strength coming from? They wouldn't do that. But it was something about Samson that intrigued people where they thought he was one way but when they approached him, they found out real quick they got themselves in a situation. And they're trying to figure out how do they get out. And Samson beats them up, stomps on them. And they want to know, what's up with this man? How is he strong? And some of y'all are going through that very thing right now. People are looking at y'all. People are looking at you, trying to figure out Where do you get your strength from? What's going on with them? They don't look like they have that type of fortitude and that type of constitution. They don't look like they'll get through that or they'll succeed and survive that. But every time they go through something, they always are more than conquerors. How is that? Where does their strength lie? Just like Samson, God was with him. And God is with you. So Samson's enemies, they were trying to figure out what this man's weakness was and what was the origin of his strength. What was it? So time goes by and Samson meets a woman by the name of Delilah. He fell in love with her. The enemies of Samson and the enemies of God went to Delilah and told her, you need to go ahead and persuade Samson to tell you where his great strength comes from so we can overpower him, tie him up, and make him helpless and put him to shame. And they promised this woman, Delilah, a significant amount of money. And as I just said, when you read it for yourself, you'll see the Bible says, God's word says that Samson fell in love with her. We don't read that she fell in love with him. But she sure went on and got in step with selling him out for that money. So she got it started. She started worrying him, nagging him, harassing him, bothering him. 
asking him day in and day out. Tell me where you get your great strength from. How are you so strong? What makes you so strong? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Tell me. She was under great tension. She wanted that money. Time and time again, she asked over and over, where does your strength come from, Samson? Tell me. Samson responds to her the first time, and he tells her, if they tie me up with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I will become weak and be like any other man. Now the enemies, remember, the Lala tells the enemies what Samson said. And she invites the enemies into her house and they hide behind curtains and chairs. And Delilah tired Samson out and put him to sleep. For those who understand what that really means. So the enemies brought the bowstrings that had not been dried and Delilah tied Samson up with them as the men waited to jump him. Delilah called out to Samson, your enemies are here. Shout out to my new guest in the background that you possibly hear, but we're going to press forward and press through. But Samson went ahead and snapped the bowstrings as if they were toothpicks. And the enemies had to just sit there and wait and just imagine what their faces looked like when they thought they had a plan that was going to work and it snapped before their eyes. Delilah was upset. She was experiencing tension because she put on this whole performance. She did all of this stuff in order to get this money. And she's trying to sell this man out. She needs her money. She needs him to tell her his secrets. Some people are going through that right now. You're possibly, or they could be, not you, but they could be possibly laid up with the wrong person. Person is nagging them, harassing them, worrying them. And their aim is to get their secrets so they tire them out, put them to sleep in order to get what they want. Same stuff still going on. And the people who are tiring them out, putting them to sleep, these are people who don't even love them. Don't even love them. Just around to sell them out and gain information. But let me go ahead and stay on target. Delilah harasses Samson again. And she did this time and time again. She asked him, I mean, why don't you tell me your strength? Tell me what's making you so strong. And Samson tells her, if they tie me up with new ropes that have never been used, I'll become weak and be like any other man. Delilah, she takes off running. She's rushing, getting ropes to sell Samson out. Money is on her mind. She's going to do anything she needs to do to tire him out and make him fall asleep. Whatever she has to do to accomplish that so she can get her money. And she does it. Then she hollers, Samson, your enemies are here. Samson got up and snapped the ropes, 
like a piece of thread. Now, Delilah, she angry. She is so angry. She's mad because all of her tricks and her schemes and her seduction and her wiles, they're not working. And she needs to get this money. She has to get this status. She needs to get this title. She needs this. So, the tension starts speaking. Tension starts telling. And she tells Samson, you know, you've mocked me all this time. You've told me all these lies. Tell me how you can be tied up. She bold now. Now, that's a red flag for anybody listening. That's when you know somebody does not love you when they are only around you to figure out your weaknesses. And then they get angry because you won't tell them your struggles. You will not share with them your insecurities and your innermost thoughts and experiences. And they're rushing you to do this. They're rushing you. There are some people only around you trying to figure out how you operate and the strength God has given you. They think, oh, you look weak to me in this area, but you are so strong. You have all this supernatural strength in your character. You have strength in your morals. You have strength in your voice. You have strength in your focus. You have strength in your relationships. You have strength in God. You have strength in Jesus. You have strength in the Holy Spirit. You have strength in discipline. You have strength in your mind. You have strength in love. You have strength in sacrifice. You have strength in long-suffering. You have strength in casting your cares on God. You have strength in not worrying about what people say to you or about you. You have strength in creating boundaries. You have strength in standing up for yourself. You have strength in speech. You have strength in sowing seeds. You have strength in waiting. You have strength in reaping the harvest. You have strength in self-control. You have strength in gratitude, help, love, service. Why do you have all of this strength? I need to figure this out. I need to use every trick I can, every bait that I have, in my arsenal, to figure out how I can overpower you, how I can get you out of the way so I can destroy you and sell you out. For those who don't know, just for the ones who don't know, there are people like that out there. So one might want to start implementing a strategy, a silent strategy, to exit out of those people's environments and areas. And the crazy thing about it is when you leave, they'll start screaming and hollering about how you didn't tell them you were leaving and you're not right for telling them your weaknesses. You're wrong. You should have told me your weaknesses. Some people only want to be in your life to sell you out. But back to diabolical Delilah. Okay, she's upset. And Samson told her, yeah, if you weave seven braids on my head, just giving her all these type of stories and fables just to play with her. And she does it. It doesn't work. She's upset because she wants that money. She's getting this tension from the outside because they're looking at her like, I mean, you're doing all these tricks and all these seductive things and it's not working maybe we don't need to give you the money 
you don't even know what you're doing. So she getting upset. She needs this money. She needs to show people, I know what I'm doing. I know how to do these tricks. It works with everybody else. I can break them. I can break them. I can do it. So tension is high. Delilah is determined. So she tries it one more time. And she says, Samson, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? And she's so disrespectful. Her heart was not with him at all. You see how some people do? She says, you don't love me. You keep mocking me. But she's mocking him, and she doesn't love him. You won't tell me your secrets. She's not telling him that people are in her house watching him to destroy him, and she's trying to sell him out. She didn't tell him that. The audacity of diabolical Delilah. So she whines and she cries day after day until she wore him out. And after all of that tension... From Delilah, that was rooted in the tension Delilah was getting from the enemy, Samson tells Delilah the truth regarding the origin of his strength. And then Delilah tells the enemy. And when Samson was about to defend himself after he shared the truth with an enemy, The enemies of God and the enemies of Samson, they overpowered him. And his strength left him because he shared something with someone who did not have his best interest in mind. And that happens. The aim is to not allow the attention of the world tell you to go against God's word. The tensions we face should not push us to tell people things that are not true. The tensions we go through should not cause us to tell somebody something to hurt them in an attempt to do what we want. Unfortunately, it happens a lot where somebody's going through tension and they start telling people things that they shouldn't be talking about. And if they are taking a page out of Delilah's book, their aim is to sell somebody out so that they can be in a situation where they react and they're attacked while the instigator sets everything up and they just walk off with their pay. And they go on with their immoral promotion. Now, this is the story that happened with me. I was at the finish line. As I told you in previous episodes, the cohort started, the dissertation chair passed away, then the cohort dissolved. Now I'm with the second dissertation chair, and she was setting things up for me to do what needed to be done for graduation. I had not seen or conversed with those people of that DDT trio or squad for months. Hadn't seen them. And that was fantastic for me. But one of my committee members was telling me that the DDT squad, all three of them, they kept asking him what I was doing. They wanted to know what phase I was on. They wanted to know status updates. They wanted to know if I finished 
parts of my dissertation, what section I was working on, did I finish the research? And he was so shocked and he was telling me, why do they want to know this? And they are really harassing me. So he was getting tension from them and he was telling me. And once he looked at me and said, what's up with these people? They keep bringing you up. They keep asking me questions and they want me to tell them things. Now, he had his issues with that squad, that trio, because they were not only malicious and treacherous to the students, they were doing things to professors and even administrators. So he was saying, you're doing right by leaving these people alone because they are treacherous. Now, the day I'm telling y'all about is the day of my dissertation defense. This was March 2014. My dissertation defense was scheduled for the afternoon. I met with a committee member early that morning, that same committee member who was telling me, these people are asking me about you. I met with him the day of my dissertation defense at 8 o'clock in the morning to go over some information that he wanted me to include in the presentation. So we were going over a few slides, and we went over some material. He was telling me, okay, you're going to do great. You're doing a good job. You're at the finish line. You're going to graduate. Don't worry. You know, it's all good. And then he asked me, you know what, Um, do you talk? To those people, I know you said you don't, but I want to know, have you communicated with them recently? And I told him, no, why did you ask me that? I, I don't talk to them. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I just, just wanted to ask you something. And then he said, you know what? Um, Let me tell you what happened to me the other day. So I was like, okay, what's going on? He said, yeah, um... And he named one of the girls in the DDT squad. He said, yeah, she keeps asking me when you defend. And they really want to know where you are. Like, they are really harassing me. It started off with just questions, but now they are just, they getting aggressive. And they want to know what it is. And I'm sitting there saying, who cares? And I said, did you tell him? No, 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 I didn't tell him anything. And what he was saying matched up with what my first dissertation chair's secretary was telling me. She told me one day, yeah, um, they have been calling up here. They've been calling for weeks trying to figure out when you're defending your dissertation. They want to know the date. They have been calling, asking questions. They want to know. And then my new, well, second dissertation chair was telling me, yeah, some people trying to ask me some questions. I'm trying to figure out why they're asking me that about you. And I was sitting there saying, man, these people are absolutely loony. They're weirdos. But back to the committee member, he was saying, yeah, they was harassing me, trying to figure out 
when it was, and I told them I didn't know what they were talking about, and they was like, no, yes you do, when did she defend her dissertation? And I think they wanted to know so they could come to, in a sense, crash it and bombard me with questions and distractions and create chaos because they were not about to graduate. So they wanted to mess something up. And I believe they got wind of when I was going to defend my dissertation from another committee member that we shared. Now, the committee member... I'm believing that she brought it up, but she didn't know the date. She forgot the date because the day of my dissertation defense, she saw me walking to go set up and she was asking me, okay, when do you want to meet again to go over your dissertation? I said, I'm defending today. And she, oh, defending today? I said, yes, ma'am. And then my chair was behind me. She said, yes, I sent you an email. She said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what time? The chair told her the time, and she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there, I'll be there. You could tell she was just confused, and she was surprised. So I'm thinking she told them, but she didn't remember the exact date or the time. So it worked out. It worked out for me. She showed up, and she said, you know, Miss Brown, I had no idea. It was today. I knew it was coming up. I just I didn't know. But it worked out, so we backtrack. We're going back to the meeting with the committee member at 8 o'clock, and he tells me, yeah, they're harassing me. And I said, okay. So he says, yeah, um, let me tell you what one of the girls told him. This is the same girl with the projector. It's also the same girl who served some food in a presentation, and it looked like she had sat on the sandwiches. It was some breakfast sandwiches from McDonald's. And she was supposed to provide breakfast. But when she pulled out the breakfast sandwiches, it looked like she sat on all of them. They were all smashed down. They were like really thin. They looked like little CDs. That's how much she smashed them. And it looked so disgusting. And when she pulled out the breakfast sandwiches from McDonald's, she didn't even pull them out of a McDonald's bag. It was a brown paper bag. And it was in her purse. I'm trying to figure out, how did you fit 10 breakfast sandwiches in that purse? That's not even a big purse. But they fit because they were smashed down. And she was just sliding them across the table like CDs to people. It was only one person who ate it. And that was the dissertation desperado, the guy, because her homegirl in the group, she's like, yeah, yeah, no, thank you. I ate breakfast. But she went to that committee member and she told him, you need to tell me what's going on with her referring to me. And then she tells him, I mean... Is she defending her dissertation? Is she moving forward? Why are you making me wait? You're not a good committee member. Nobody likes you. And our first dissertation chair, he died because you're the one who killed him. You killed him. When I heard that, I said, oh my goodness, she told you that? She told you that? She actually said that out of her mouth? 
And he was like, yeah, she told me that. And he was in borderline tears because that was his friend. Now, we know it was a lie, but you see how tension had her telling things that she shouldn't even been saying? And I believe she was experiencing tension because she was used to manipulating and getting what she wanted from people. When the first chair died, she couldn't use what she was using before to get what she wanted. It didn't work. That little innocent crap worked with him. She was a wild bull dressed up as a cabbage patch doll. She just destroyed everything in her past. Destroyed relationships, destroyed peace. Or she tried to. She tried to destroy relationships. And she tried to destroy peace. She wasn't successful. And her tension told on her. Just like the committee member's tension told me what she said. And the look on his face let me know this girl just messed up any networking possibilities and opportunities she would have had had she not messed up. And it messed up her timeline. Academic suicide is what they call it. Don't ever do what she did. She was desperate. She had plans. They were not working out. And she was tired of not getting what she wanted the way she wanted it. So she started tearing up stuff. She started selling herself out. And she was trying to get staff members at the school fired. This girl was destructive because she wanted that degree. She wanted that money, whether she put in work for it or not. And I'm only telling y'all stuff on a surface level. I'm not telling you everything that occurred. I'm just telling you stuff that just happened from a surface perspective. Straight treacherous, okay? All of this because somebody didn't want to do their homework and submit it on time the right way. That's what a dissertation is, homework. Do your homework assignment. Turn it into your teacher. You see what pride will do? That pride is not a game. When you have tension, what will the tension in your life tell about you and your character? As you work on your goals Cast your attention on God because you can't make or I can't make anybody do anything. If you want things to happen for you and if I want things to happen for me, I have to put it in God's hand. I can't go around trying to make things happen for me, but I'm tearing stuff up and I'm disrespecting people. Same thing with you. We can't force pieces together to try to make things fit according to our schedule and according to our understanding. It does not work like that. When we do that, we create more damage. Whenever you experience tension, you have to tell the tension to get in alignment with Christ. Don't let your tension tell you to get away from God. Because that's what the tension will do. And don't let tension start telling and talking and Satan hears it. Boy, he'll come over there so quick. 
and start encouraging that tension to tell and say things that go contrary to your destination and go contrary to God when you set yourself up in a trap. You have to tell that tension, get in alignment with God. I don't care what I'm going through, I got to do it God's way. And I have three scriptures for you that I want to share. The first one is 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter and the 5th verse, and it states, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. The second scripture is John, the 14th chapter and the first verse, and it states, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And the third scripture that I want to leave you with is 1 Peter, the 5th chapter and the 7th verse. And it states, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. God knows your tensions. God knows the tensions that you carry. And God knows that those tensions are cares. And he tells us what to do with those cares and those tensions. And that is to cast those tensions and cares onto him. He didn't say cast your tension on people. And he did not say project your tension on people. He said to cast your cares, cast your tension, cast your anxieties, cast everything that you care about on to him because he cares for you. And God is the one who knows how to supply every one of your needs. But we have to take the initiative to destroy the negativity that is birthed from tension and make it obey Christ and do what God told us to do. We don't want to go around telling people they killed something or someone due to our tensions not being checked. No, we check the tension and we kill the tension and we give it to God. All right, remain encouraged. Thank you for tuning in. Visit drkenitrabryant.com to download the God, Me, and the Dissertation, a 38-day devotional on the site. You can order inspirational apparel, and you have the option to connect with me on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target and at college underscore success tips. Enjoy your day. Peace and God bless.